0: Good morning, beautiful. I know it's gonna be a good morning, beautiful. When you wake waking up with me, it's gonna be a good morning, beautiful. Da, 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 da. Hi, I'm Kevin Pankhurst. And I'm Donna Carter. And you're listening to Grow on the Go. You are. And a few 2nd well, not even a few seconds, less than a second before we started recording, Mom goes, I just push the red thing that doesn't make sense the red thing is the record <laughs> button and we've done this before so honestly I'm a little, a little I'm concerned? a little flabbergasted a little concerned
1: I'm me? a little
0: I'm not concerned I am concerned I am a little surprised
1: <laughs> are you okay I am okay okay great I'm pretty much okay I think <laughs> I mean who knows yeah well <laughs> all right
0: just thought I'd check in <laughs> and also never miss an opportunity to publicly put you on I blast know, yeah
1: I know I know. Yeah. know. Hey, um, how are you doing on your Christmas shopping? I am actually
0: mostly done. I have to do something for Jude and something for Ellie, my nephew and niece. Um, they, they pretty much have all the things. And, and, and there's really no losing with a gift for them. So no. they don't have super strong opinions on many things at this point. One of them too, Jude does, does <laughs> but like it's easy. If it has wheels or like is a drum <laughs> or, like, a musical instrument, he's into it. Hey, that's what I'm getting. Him. I it's know, whole I've seen a package of
1: musical instruments, I'm, so don't get those. oh, I didn't realize it was a whole package. Oh, yeah, okay, there's well, all the oh. things in there there's a flute and a tambourine and a guitar. Goodness, and a kids, gonna have his own band, yeah,
0: yeah. So, like, he's pretty easy to figure out. And Ellie is like very little, yeah. Well, she's long, but she's a baby, she's like three she's months still old, still a
1: newborn, yeah, yeah.
0: So, so that's easy, but for the family. I've got everything. I'd like to get something small for everyone on my team. And I don't know what that's going to be yet, but. Hmm, nice. Yeah. So I'm I, the the stuff that usually
1: stresses me out is done. Good for you. And you've got this week off too to I do. get the other stuff and done.
0: I, yeah, I probably won't. I probably won't even think about it until like two days before and then be like, oh, crap. I still have presents to buy.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I still have some stuff to do. It really threw me off being in Mexico in November. Yes, because you know, when you're on a beach, you're not really thinking about mm-hmm. <laughs> about Christmas. Just, it just doesn't I mean maybe Scott is in yeah. Australia that yeah. makes sense, yeah. but that doesn't make sense here <laughs> anyway. Um, so what about what what are some of the best gifts you've ever received? <sighs> or some of the worst? either whatever comes to your mind so don't best, say a worst one that I gave you obviously though. okay <laughs> some
0: of the best things that I've gotten like my acoustic guitar
1: mm, yes you cried one. one gave you I that I did
0: cry um, my acoustic guitar you teamed up with my boyfriend at the time one year and he got me a bass guitar and you guys got me an amp um, mm. that was really great um, I've had a bunch of great gifts from you guys. Um, You know, and in general. um, You really like that black leather jacket we got you. Yeah, that wasn't a Christmas gift. That was a back-to-school gift. Because I didn't ask for anything for back-to-school. And so you (laughs) got me something, anything. Anyway, which was really nice. Yeah, I wore that for years. I wore it until I couldn't wear it anymore. Um, And then I had to give it away, which was very sad. Um, But... Worst gift was just like almost like a raffle style gift. Um, it was basically like not even one of those elephant gift exchange or whatever they're called. Um, it was just like a you drew like a ticket or on your like way into your the com- Christmas your, party. Yeah. yeah. your company. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it was just like a whole bunch of alcohol. Oh. <laughs> and I was like, great. Because I don't drink. And whenever I say that, when people are like, what's the worst gift you've ever gotten? I'm like, it's only the worst gift for me, other people would love it, Yeah, but I have no use for it, no interest in it, pretty sure I traded it for something else. Maybe I gave it to you. I don't know. That makes you sound like an absolute lush. You entertain occasionally. I actually
1: have some things in my pantry that I have absolutely no idea what to do with because I'm not into cocktails and stuff. I really. really, no. So, You'll have a little mm-hmm. bit of fireball on occasion. but When I have a cold, especially. I'm I love having them. fireball when I have a cold. Yes. Yeah. Anyway, we, we don't, don't need to talking away. about <laughs> that. Um, well, I just like the cinnamony feeling mm. going down when you're all plugged up. It's quite wonderful. Okay. Anyway, um how about the most creative wrapping have you ever received a gift that was wrapped in a a really fun or totally ridiculous way probably something from
0: kendall um that was i i know i have but of course nothing's coming to mind i'm getting old i've had too many birthdays and christmases (laughs) well at least you still know
1: to push the i still know to to press the red button button. yeah Yeah.
0: (laughs) that has a microphone right on it
1: um yeah, I, 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 I'm sure I have. I, I know I have too, but I, I can't really think of any. Anything, Just like several layers of like
0: newspapers and like boxes and boxes right, and stuff. Right, That was a big thing for a while. Well,
1: there were a couple of brother-in-laws who went way over the top being mm-hmm. creative wrapping gifts. Mm. For 25 years, Oof. these two guys traded the same pants back and forth between them as a Christmas gift each time finding more inventive ways to wrap them. The one present Roy Collette was not looking forward to getting for Christmas in 1988 was those stupid pants. Yet he knew he was in trouble as soon as a flatbed truck bearing a concrete-filled tank off a truck used to deliver a ready mix rolled up in front of his house. (laughs) And he knew, as sure as God made little green apples, that those pants had to be in there And he was going to have to fish them out or else declare his brother-in-law the winner of a rivalry that had then spanned 20 years. (laughs) Pants wouldn't have even been wearable
0: at that point, I mean, Mm -hmm. especially if they were encased in concrete.
1: (laughs) So being the the, the sport that he is, brother-in-law Larry Kunkel thoughtfully supplied the services of a crane to hoist the concrete-filled tank off the flatbed. Goodness. And and, uh, it just says tank. So, like, I was envisioning a military tank, but it was probably Um, more like a propane tank or something.
0: Or like, like maybe an aquarium or something. Something like that. Yeah, Yeah, it
1: could be almost any kind of a tank. Um, What is this game they were playing, you ask? Well, and what in the world was the significance of these pants That two grown men were going to go to such effort year after year to retrieve them only to send them off again. Well, it all began in 1964 when Larry Kunkel's mom gave him a pair of moleskin pants. Oh, wow. I don't even know what moleskin is, do you? So
0: when Mm -hmm. I think moleskin, I think of like the stuff you put on your heels when you get blisters. Yeah, I don't... I doubt it's that. I don't think it's that. I'm imagining some kind of like suede, like micro suede sort of thing. Yeah, maybe.
1: Anyway... Um, Larry wore them a few times, and he found that they froze stiff in the Minnesota winters. Mm, it's not <laughs> what you so want that the next, pants. no, so that next Christmas he wrapped the garment in pretty paper and presented it to his brother-in-law. Brother-in-law Roy Collette discovered he didn't want them either. He bided his time though until until the, Christmas, the next Christmas, and then he packaged them up and gave them back to Kunkel. This yearly exchange proceeded amicably until one year Colette twisted the pants tightly and stuffed them into a three-foot-long, one-inch-wide pipe. (laughs) That had to be a trick. So the game was on. Year after year, as the pants were shuffled back and forth, the brothers strove to make unwrapping them more difficult, perhaps in the hope of ending the game. game. But in retaliation for the pipe, Kunkle compressed the pants into a seven-inch square,
0: Whoa. wrapped
1: them with wire, and gave the bail to Colette. Not to be outdone, Colette put the pants into a two-foot-square crate filled with stones, <laughs> nailed it shut, banded it with steel, and gave the, rusty, the trusty <laughs> trousers back to Kunkle. Goodness. The brother-in-laws had agreed to end the caper if ever the trousers got damaged. <laughs> but they were as careful as they were clever, and as the game evolved, so did the rules. Only quote legal and moral unquote legal methods moral. of wrapping were permitted. I, I can't think of any more. Like later. no
0: wrapping it in the like the skin of a murder victim? Like what <laughs> I don't know. What,
1: what would that mean? <laughs> I don't know. But the wrapping expenses were also to be kept to a minimum with only junk parts used. I mean, I guess at
0: least it's not wasteful.
1: Yeah. So Kunkel next had the pants mounted inside an insulated window that had a 20-year guarantee (laughs) (laughs) and shipped them off to Colette. The shipping had to cost a fortune. Goodness. So Colette broke the grant. (laughs) broke the glass, recovered the trousers, stuffed them into a five-inch coffee can, which he soldered shut. Mm -hmm. The can was put in a five-gallon container filled with concrete and reinforcing rods and given to Kunkel the following Christmas. Kunkel installed the pants in a 225-pound homemade steel ashtray made (laughs) made from eight-inch steel casings and etched Collette's name on the side. <laughs> Colette had some trouble retrieving the treasured trousers, but succeeded without burning them with a cutting torch. Goodness. Yeah. So then Colette found a 600 pound safe and hauled it to Viracon Inc. in Awatona, where the shipping department decorated it with red and green stripes, <laughs> put the pants inside, and welded the safe shut. The safe was then shipped to Kunkel, who was the plant manager for Viracon's outlet in Bensonville. Uh-huh. The pants next turned up in a drab green three-foot cube that once was a 1974 Gremlin. Oh. That was a car, by the way. Yeah, yeah. It was your dad's first first car, I think. I thought he had a Maverick. Oh, no, it was his first new car that he... I see. Yeah. Anyway, a note was attached to the 2,000-pound scrunched car. And it advised Colette that the pants were inside the glove compartment. <laughs> <laughs> In 1982, Kunkel faced the problem of retrieving the pants from a tire eight feet high and two feet wide and filled with 6,000 6, pounds of concrete. Oh, my goodness. I know. On the outside, Colette had written, Have a good year. <laughs> <laughs> In 1983, the Pants came back to Colette in a 17.5-foot red rocket ship filled with concrete. These guys like concrete. And weighing six tons. They must have been, like... I mean, we know
0: what one of them did, but they must have been, like, tradesmen of some sort. Like, they had
1: access to all sorts of, like, industrial... Yeah, I don't know what Viracon does, but it probably involves concrete. Yeah. Anyway, um... So this rocket was five feet in diameter with pipes six inches in diameter running outside the length of the ship and a launching pad attached to its bottom. Mm. The rocket sported a picture of the pants fluttering atop it. (laughs) Inside the rocket were fifteen concrete-filled canisters, one of which housed the pants. So I guess he had to find which one had the pants. (laughs) Collette's revenge for the rocket ship was delivered to Kunkel in the form of a four-ton Rubik's cube in 1985.
0: That's very that's very timely. <laughs> it
1: was. It was all the all the rage. The cube was made of concrete, of course, and had been baked in a kiln and covered with 2,000 board feet of lumber. Get out of here! I know, right? So Kunkel solved the cube, as it were, and in 1986, gift giving repackaged. Uh, for 1986 gift giving, repackaged the pants into a station wagon filled with 170 steel generators all welded together. (laughs) Because the pants have to be retrieved undamaged, Colette was faced with carefully taking apart each component. Then Collette was inspired to encase the pantaloons in 10,000 pounds of jagged glass (laughs) that he would then deposit in Kunkel's front yard. It would have been a great one, really messy, Kunkel ruefully admitted. The pants were shipped to a friend in Tennessee who managed a glass manufacturing company. While molten glass was being poured over the insulated container that held them, an oversized chunk fractured, transforming the pants into... A pile of ashes. No! Devastating. The a- yes. The ashes were deposited into a brass urn <laughs> and delivered to Kunkel along with this epitaph. Sorry, old man. Here lies the pants. An attempt to cast the pants in glass brought about the demise of the pants at last. <laughs> the urn now graces the fireplace mantle in Kunkel's home. Amazing. Amazing. <laughs> what incredible creativity and tenacity these guys demonstrated Uh,
0: it would take all year just to get the stupid things out from the last
1: yeah and then you'd have to come up with an idea An idea yeah and then you'd have to uh, source out the labor it kind of sounds like the kind of thing your dad would do it sounds exactly didn't you guys
0: I mean obviously not to this level but weren't you guys passing around a bag of hot dog buns for several months
1: yes we were they showed up in all sorts of interesting places.
0: <laughs> you guys are weird.
1: A little bit, but it's kind of fun to have some play in your marriage.
0: I, I mean, sure. Anyway. We're gifting hot dog buns mm. to each other for no reason. Why so, not?
1: So here's the seamless transition you've all been waiting for. Yeah, I'm excited. God was no less creative in okay. packaging the world's Messiah. Well. <laughs> in the womb of a peasant girl. I mean. Sure.
0: Okay. <laughs> yeah
1: <laughs> okay I'm just gonna keep going yeah with, just it,
0: roll with it yeah. let's not let it sit for too long all right
1: all right so Jesus is obviously the ultimate Christmas gift mm-hmm. but the most famous Christmas gifts ever after the Christ child himself would have to be the ones the wise men brought to Jesus right mm-hmm. the gold frankincense and myrrh mm-hmm. in Matthew 2 11, it says and when they came into the house they saw the young child with Mary, his mother, and the wise men fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented with him with gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh.
0: And so last episode, we talked about how there aren't necessarily three of them. Um, there were just three gifts. Three gifts, that's so. right. Could have been a whole cavalry. So, and maybe you don't know, but do you have any insight into why... There would have been only three gifts if there could have been like 15 or 50 or Well, who or knows,
1: knows how much gold? Sure. Who knows how much myrrh and frankincense, frankincense. could Yeah, that's quite right. a lot, right? Yep. So, you know, group gifts, they were a thing back then too. <laughs> <laughs> um, but <Just laughs> excuse me. Oh my Merry Christmas. Was yep. <laughs> that was a Christmas sneeze. Thank it you. was a Christmas it was
0: COVID for everyone. <laughs> I thought I'd just I thought
1: I would just um, hmm. Keep it topical. Yeah. Carry on. We're, we're both facts, so yeah. we're not too worried. Yeah, no. yeah. So just before we start to talk about the significance of the gifts that the wise men brought, let's quickly talk about the timing of their visit. Mm-hmm. Um, this says that they, uh, when they came into the house. Now, we don't know that they converted the stable into a house. Are, yeah, are we considering the stable we, a house I th- now? I think we're thinking that they moved. Um We often see images of these regally-robed magi kneeling in the straw Mm -hmm. before a manger. And that is not accurate. We know they weren't there on the night of Jesus' birth. Other people hypothesize that it was two years later. Oh, wow. Yeah, because that's the age age range of the children that Herod had killed in his effort to murder the baby Jesus. I see. But wouldn't they Um, have gone back home? Well... Because they weren't home. Here's the thing. We don't know exactly when they came. But we're told in Luke that following the dedication of Jesus in the temple, Mm. which would have been at least 40 days after his birth, Mary and Joseph returned to their home in Nazareth. Yeah. So it's quite possible that the wise men were led by the star to Nazareth. Okay. But it's still unlikely that their journey would have taken close to two years. So probably the visit happened more than 40 days, but less than two years after Jesus' birth. Okay. That's about all we can um, do to pinpoint it. Would Okay. Help me out here with a
0: bit of a geography lesson. So, Nazareth, bit of a ways from Bethlehem. Um,
1: yeah, Nazareth is in Galilee.
0: Yeah. Whereas so, Bethlehem's really close to Jerusalem. And how far did Herod's jurisdiction go?
1: Um, I don't, like he, like, he didn't kill all the babies. He just picked um, Bethlehem, because that's where that's where the prophecy said that okay. he would be born.
0: Right, fair, yeah. okay, I'm with you. Sorry, okay. I'm trying to fill in some gaps here. Yeah,
1: good, good. So back to the gifts then. Yeah, all three gifts were typical and appropriate gifts commonly offered to a king. Mm. Right, myrrh was often used as an anointing oil, frankincense as a perfume, mm-hmm. and gold, obviously, as a, is a valuable currency. Is a shiny, yeah, <laughs> and a shiny. Uh, but the gifts had a spiritual meaning as well gold as a symbol of kingship on earth mm-hmm. frankincense an incense that's probably kind of obvious Frank incense, mm-hmm. yeah
0: um, <laughs> you know what's dumb i never i like i knew it was like a fragrance but like that never
1: occurred to me but it was an incense dumb dumb, yeah. um was a uh, incense is a symbol of deity even today mm-hmm. um it's still used in worship in some religious traditions And myrrh was an embalming oil, which is a symbol of death and, I would say, of Jesus' humanity. Mm -hmm. So the gifts, you know, they they were pretty significant. They meant something. And we get this from a document, um, this idea of what each of these things represented, um, that was translated into English titled Against Celsus which um, was a major apologetics work by the church father, Origen of Alexandria. It was written around 248 AD to counter the writings of Celsus, a pagan philosopher who had written a scathing attack on Christianity. So Origen wrote his paper to an audience of people who were interested in Christianity, but had not yet made the decision to convert. In this document, Origen responds to Celsus arguments point by point from the perspective of a Platonic philosopher. So, in the style of Plato is what I mean by Platonic, yep. not that they were just good they were just They were just buds. <laughs> it's considered to be one of the most important works of early Christian apologetics, and it's the first treatise in which a Christian philosopher is able to hold his own against an educated pagan. Why am I telling you all this? Because that is the background for the words in the carol We Three Kings hmm. by John Henry Hopkins Jr. in 1857. Um, sorry, that's when the carol came out in 1857. But where the Magi describe their gifts um, in this line, glorious now behold him arise, king and God and sacrifice. Hmm. He's referencing They're referencing their gifts. So gold, again, for the king. Frankincense, meaning God. And myrrh, sacrifice. Sacrifice of his human life. Hmm. Yeah. So these gifts were really profound in saying who Jesus was to anyone who was really paying attention. Now, they don't seem to be the most practical of gifts.
0: I've read Hmm. that... At least one of those things had some healing properties. Um, I don't know if that's true, but like there was, it was like giving them
1: polysporin. Oh, um, probably myrrh. Which would be beneficial yeah, yeah, when you have a, a wee, a wee bed. Okay. Well, I mean, when I kind of read these three mm. gifts, I thought, okay, this is a poor refugee couple. How about a diaper service? I mean, there's a lot to sell
0: there, though. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and how about an educational toy subscription? Mm-hmm. Um, you know... But actually, the gifts were more practical than they seem at first. Maybe you're right about the myrrh being, be, having medicinal qualities. Mm-hmm. But tradition suggests that Mary and Joseph used the gold to finance their travels when they fled to Egypt after the, the angel warned Joseph in, in, in a dream about, about King Herod's plan to kill Jesus.
0: That would make sense. That would be yeah. a wise decision. Yeah,
1: for sure. And they probably could have sold the other luxury items for cash or food as well. So, why are the gifts of the Magi important? Why were we told in Matthew's account what they were? Well, I think God used the Magi and their specific gifts to give credibility to the birth of a peasant baby Mm. as Messiah and King, especially among intellectuals and the elite. They would not have been looking for a baby, you know, born of a peasant woman. So this was really important. Jesus didn't come in a way that they were expecting. Mm -hmm. Why in the world would God choose to send his son like this?
0: I think the other thing is like, Jesus wasn't who anyone was expecting. Oh, They were expecting like a political, a political savior. Yeah.
1: To save them from Rome.
0: Yeah. They were not expecting, they were expecting to be saved from oppression. They Mm -hmm. weren't necessarily, a lot of them, I'm sure some people figured it out, but they were not necessarily expecting spiritual...
1: To be safe from their sins. Yeah, yeah from the... spiritual delivery.
0: Yeah. Um, and so mm-hmm. it was kind of just par for the course. It's like, I know you think you get what I've told you about, but I'm telling you it's different. Yeah, It's not what you think it's going to be.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And there's, you know, I mean, these gifts are just one example of the many ways that it was communicated that Jesus would be fully God Fully, fully human, human and a king. Yeah. But not of an earthly kingdom. Yeah. Yeah. So God arrived, gift, gift wrapped in the most vulnerable <laughs> thing in creation, a newborn baby and a peasant at that. Yeah. I believe that God also used the worship of these elegant, educated, spiritual men to bolster Mary and Joseph's faith and ours. mm mm-hmm. That Jesus really was a man, but also so much more than a man. The Son of God, the King of the Jews. Just imagine Mary and Joseph going through their ordinary days. Um, you know, in the sawdust of Joseph's shop, of Joseph's shop the schlepping of water. Water is such an issue in, uh, in, the, in the Middle East. Um, also market days. Just, you know, all of the ordinary things that had to happen. They needed to be reminded, I think, that, you know, that, um, that, Jesus wasn't ordinary, right, and that that their task wasn't ordinary, right. that they were raising the Son of God, mm-hmm. and I think that um, we need reminding of that too, in our parenting, in our work, and our chores and our errands. Our job is to represent Jesus everywhere we go and in everything that we do. Jesus wants us so much more than what we can give him, our tithes and offerings or or whatever. He wants our worship. He wants our love. And as we've often said, he wants our obedience. Obedience Mm -hmm. is Jesus' love language. (laughs) Yep. These are the greatest gifts we can bring him as we celebrate his birth this Christmas.
0: So what are some of the ways that we can do that? Just off the top of your head.
1: Well, what does that look like? I mean, our time, right? Spending time with him, Mm -hmm. um, really embracing the things in Christmas that that have meaning, right? right? We can, I mean, we can just bleed out the Christmas carols without, um, you know, understanding any of the words. Mm -hmm. I mean, when have you ever thought about uh, King and uh, what was it? King and (laughs) and God and sacrifice. You know that line in "We Three Kings." Yeah. Um, last week I talked about some of the amazing words in O Holy Night and then mm-hmm. uh, Hark the Herald Angels Sing. Just being aware, being really conscious of mm-hmm. of um, of why we're celebrating. So not all of
0: us, um, and, and this is just one example, but not all of us are great at like interpreting text. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have any resources, like when you're doing some of this research, do you have any resources that kind of draws attention to like okay where do these lyrics come from or what does this passage actually mean or like
1: what's the cultural significance of this right um i i do a lot of online research mm. there's some really reputable um bible apps like bible hub mm. blue bible um you just want to um just dig a little bit make sure yeah. you're not checking into the jehovah's witnesses or or whatever they yeah. think about something yeah. or the mormons or whatever yeah yeah so um I think that's pretty much it for us today. I do want to remind everybody of a share show Mm -hmm. coming up next week, an opportunity to uh, share a podcast with someone who maybe doesn't know God and um, um, then follow up with a conversation afterward. Yeah yeah those
0: and 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 if you can listening to it together is an awesome way to go because then you can kind of pause and address questions um that's an interesting idea what can Uh, i say i'm an interesting i'm an interesting person you are that okay well that's it for us today on grow on the go we're gonna wrap up i'm kevin Pankers and i'm
1: donna carter inviting you to grow on the go Thanks for listening to Grow on the Go. Share this episode on social media and find more great programs at faithstrongtoday.com.